Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, the podcast where current and aspirational entrepreneurs can learn skills and get inspired to take their business to the next level. I'm Ellen Barton and today my guest is Sarah Negus. Sarah is a self-proclaimed modern-day shaman and works with her clients to shift their energy, tap into their intuition, and align with their purpose. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ellen. Great to have, great to be here. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited to talk with you today. And from what I've read and learned about you, it seems like you're someone who's really living in alignment with your purpose. But that wasn't necessarily always the case with you. And the universe kind of gave you a wake-up call, so to speak. So um, why don't you tell us about that? What happened? Yeah, it did. And um, not just one either. It seems that I'm a slow learner. <laughs> So um, for a long time in my life, I was living what I would call um, a shadow life. It was what I thought that my parents wanted me to to live or what the culture educated me that I should be on experience. So I kind of went into the city in London, worked in finance. My goodness me, I can't even believe I did that. And uh, I got married young had a son and we were very successful when I was married um, in that we had businesses and you know had a property company etc etc but none of it was anything to do with my light or my authenticity it was always to do with me um, pleasing everybody else around me um, and fitting in a mold of what I thought I should be now obviously back then I wasn't practicing uh, any of my intuitive shamanic gifts, although I had them. Um, and I was I buried them because when I was a little girl, my mum was particularly afraid of me when I would say, Oh my gosh, Mum, that lady over there really needs some help. It was it wasn't it wasn't done. So what happened was that I had a series of illnesses, a series of car crashes, um, that I ignored to begin with. And it was when I was in my early 30s, I remember looking in the mirror. My son was about three. And I'd had the third of the third car crash. I wasn't the driver in any of them. So should you ever see me on the street, don't worry. <laughs> it's not me. Um, and I couldn't even pick my little boy up because my, my back was so sore and I was struggling with migraines and depression and all sorts of things. And I remember at the time looking in the mirror and thinking, Jesus, who are you? And I couldn't even tell you back then. I couldn't tell you. So I started to look around myself, outside of myself, to try and find something or someone to blame. Illness, depression, accident. Um, but ultimately, I kept coming back to myself. I kept coming back to, to me. But I didn't have any tools with which to explore that. And certainly, 23 years ago, I there was nothing out there in the world of, of uh, personal development that actually ever said, stop a minute, take a breath, and take responsibility. It was still very much the culture of the doctor will fix you. And serendipitous kind of 
coincidental meetings happened and I found myself talking to um, the lady that was going to become my own spiritual teacher um, and it was it was a random thing a girlfriend of mine phoned me and said Sarah I'm going to see this crazy lady she's going to do a reading but I can't afford the whole hour will you come with me and take half and I said yeah when are we going thinking it would be next week and she said now she came and got me and and looking back I have this uh, recollection of a kind of a Thelma and Louise type (laughs) journey where we were it wasn't um, sat nav at the time either so I was map reading she was driving and we were going into the countryside in in South England looking for this uh, retreat centre finally found it and Vivian um, this lady who was very very short and very very large and very black hair and black eyes looked at me and she said "Mm, young lady do sit down I'll come to you later (laughs) and she she in the, the later in the half hour session that I had Ellen she told me more about myself than I'd ever dared to admit to me and I cried for two days I went home and I cried and my husband at the time um, couldn't understand what was wrong with me. And I, I was trying to explain to him, there's nothing wrong with me and I'm finally feeling like everything is all right. And I went back to her and I asked her to help me and, and um, she said, oh, okay, well, it's taken you a little while. I've been waiting for you. And I then embarked on an apprenticeship with her where she taught me all about myself. She taught me all about my uh, shamanic gifts. She took me to Peru to learn with the indigenous shamans out there. And for 15 years, I sat in on her sessions. She's a master shaman, a master healer, um, understood people very, very, very well. She's retired now, she's nearly 80. And um, from there, I haven't looked back. It took me a while to be brave enough to say, yes, I'm a modern day shaman. I went off and studied psychology because I felt vulnerable and exposed in being so woo, if you like, although I actually like the fact that I am very open-minded and free. Um, And then I studied mindset work to the nth degree. So I bring the things together. That's why I call myself modern day shaman, is that you won't find me with a drum or a rattle because I take people into trance with my voice. Um, uh, and I have the psychological tools and mindset tools with which to take action um, in our world, in our Western world, with the energetic information that we, we bring back. Oh, my goodness. That's an incredible story, Sarah. I think we need to start with talking about what uh, shaman. I always say shaman. Is that incorrect? Is that no, my it's accent? No, way to say it. It's your accent, yeah. Okay. Um, so, so I think we need to talk about what a shaman is and what um, yeah. they can offer to the world, to people. So the word shaman is actually can be tracked back to a tribe in northern Siberia called the Tungus tribe, and it's a, a word that has been adopted by by the rest of the rest of us, if you like, and it means the someone who can see beyond the veil. When I say beyond the veil, I mean outside of our normal reality. It is someone that holds the spiritual, physical health, 
of their people in their energy. And it's someone who is a energetic spiritual adventurer. So who's never afraid, who is able to expand their consciousness to look at possibility. In the indigenous cultures, they are usually the leader of, of their people. They have been persecuted for thousands of years. In Europe, particularly, when the church set in, they were murdered and burned and everybody that had anything to do with shaman or the ability to see something other um, were, were killed. So there was no tradition of it ever any, anymore in, um, in Europe. In the States, you still have the Native American Indians who hold that, that culture. They can track shamanism back for 30,000 years ethnologically and archaeologically. And the thing about shamanism is that there is a common theme through every culture that it's found in or studied in, in that uh, there is a deep connection to our earth as the mother of us all, which I love. And there is a, a conscious understanding that we are more than just this and that we are all connected and that illness disease um, comes from within us I like to think um, if, if we use our words heaven and hell we create them within our own consciousness now my shaman the way I do it is that I use shamanic journeying which is it's a, it's a meditative practice. I take my clients, either private clients or in groups, into trance. So I alter their, their consciousness. You know, when we go to sleep, we alter our consciousness. So altering consciousness is no big deal, really. So is this like hypnosis? It's not hypnosis. It is trance. So it is a shared experience where I am able to access my client's energy my client's energy lifts and comes to meet me. There's a, there's a scientific expression of when, that, when energies lift to meet each other. It's called entrainment. You heard of it? No. Okay, so if you imagine, you see, a good way to describe it is if you've got two pendulum clocks that aren't ticking at the same time, you leave them together for a little while and they will come into unison. Um, and that's what happens is when... I work with a client is I their energy comes to meet me and then we travel and rather than bringing asking my clients to visualize I ask them to experience themselves now that comes with a knowing a feeling a sense some people see they have a like a movie that plays out inside their mind but it is very much an experiential journey we will have an intention. Okay, well, this is coming up for you. Let's go see what's happening in energy. Let's go see what's hidden. Let's go see what you can't access consciously. So are you, are you sensing what's coming up for them or are they sharing that with you? Uh, I, I'm very, very good at reading people. I'm very, very good at reading energy. Um, energetic mastery is something that I teach people, mainly to master their own energy in themselves because... We are all energy and energy is everything and and we can choose. You know, if we're feeling sad, 
it's good to honor that emotion, but we can then choose how to be the rest of the day. We don't have to take that sadness like a cloak on us through our life. We can choose to shift and change it. And I find that when there's an understanding of why there's sadness, it's very much easier to do that. So my work is about looking at the past, understanding why you believe the things about yourself that you do. And a lot of this is very repressed and very deep and choosing to change it and then taking action because, you know, you can't change anything really in energy. The change comes by changing your behavior, changing your what you do and taking action in a different way. So modern day shamanism, the way I uh, present it, comes through looking at what you can't see, making you aware of it, giving you an understanding of why, and then giving you the tools with which to change it in your life. It's just, I get so excited when you can hear me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fascinating. And it's, you, some of this, I have so many questions for you right now, but um you said we create our own heaven and hell. You talked about disease and illness coming from within. And to me, this means that we have control over our experience on all levels. And, and that's very empowering, even a little frightening, but, but it's very exciting. I think many people fall victim to circumstance and don't realize that they have this power. You know, it's very interesting to hear you talk about that and to help people realize that they can make these changes I don't want to say easily but it, but it's possible it is possible for sure and for some people it will be easy as well because they'll 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 feel so empowered by it and excited by it and they'll go and do it easily and with grace and for some other people it's not that easy because um, a lot of what they experienced, perhaps when they were small, was so difficult for them that they've locked it away. And that locking away can be a little bit like PTSD. You have to go gently. You have to go carefully. And you have to really honor the small child they were when they experienced the things that they did. And that can take time um, and a lot of unraveling. And the thing is as well, and I, I bring this in, that that whatever you've experienced in your life has made you who you are now. It is part of your energy. And every time you look at something and shift and change it, that doesn't mean it's gone. That doesn't mean it's evaporated from you. It means that the next time you come to face that sort of trigger, situation, relationship, you're looking at it from a different, a wider perspective with more knowledge of yourself, and you're able to choose how to respond, how to react, how to behave, how to preempt. So you are you you hold your own power here, rather than you being powerless to your subconscious patterns. And that, for me, is what it's all about. If we could teach the younger generations coming up that they have this power within them, that they are able to change what they believe, that they are impressionable and vulnerable, yet there's beauty in that if they stay open, then we will have a generation, I feel, of emotionally mature and healthy mentally in, in, in term, um, people coming through, whereas at the moment I'm not sure we have that. 
Yeah, I'm very intrigued by that, too, um, just because it seems to me, it seems like we're in the midst or at the cusp of a paradigm shift yeah. in this world. And, and it's uh, it seems like the it's the ripe opportunity to get the younger people woke, you know, aware. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, um, Ellen, that I've been reading um, a, a book by Yuval Noah Harari. He's an Israeli um, historian. He wrote Sapiens. And he's also written a book called Homo Deus, which is about the future of mankind as he sees it. And he, I'm going to quote him here because he's very interesting in terms of how many people die each year from terrorism. 7,676 people last year. And I remember because I remember thinking, really? 120,000 people died through war conflict. 400,000 people died through crime. 800,000 people died through suicide. We don't know this. It's not publicized. And then on top of that, 2 million people died from diabetes, which is an addiction to sugar. And addiction is a mental health problem. So if we bring those statistics together and actually look at what humanity is facing, knowing yourself, understanding you have power over your life, and, and being given the tools to use that power effectively has got to be the way to change life, to change the quality of life for so many people. Sarah, you're doing important work. I feel so. I hope yeah. so. And, uh, it is my intention to, to uh, have a bigger voice as I go forwards. I have a question about, shaman, about, about shamans. Are, are they born or are they developed? Do you have to be... You have to, you know, you said you had these gifts when you were a child, and you were a little scared of them. So, if someone's interesting in, in interested in tapping into this, is it possible for anyone to use these gifts, or do you have to be have been a shaman in a in a different lifetime or something? That's a really good question. I believe that there is everybody can do whatever they want to, but. Some people have a propensity towards some things. For instance, if you want to be the fastest 100-meter runner in the world, you've got to be a fast runner in the first place. Yeah? Mm -hmm. With shamanism, my understanding from my own life and what I see in others is that it's a calling. I have an understanding that I chose to come here to make a change and to use this way. In ancient times... The shamans held the light to the earth, and it was an oral tradition. It was a tradition of handing down information through families, through storytelling, through um, sharing information. And a lot of that has been lost now. In fact, a lot of the indigenous shamans are now leaving the jungle because they want to come and experience life in the Western world. So I feel it is down to us in the West to acknowledge our own gifts and intuitive powers. I believe that there are many shamans in our Western world, and a lot of them are women, who are going through shamanic initiations through emotional crisis and emotional trauma. Not the same initiations that you'd have in the jungle. To be a shaman in indigenous culture, you have to come from the family and you have to be um, initiated before the age of 30. That obviously doesn't happen for us. But also the indigenous shamans don't know about 
the Western um, problems, whereas people like me do. I, when I was small, I wasn't afraid of my gifts. My mother made me afraid of my gifts. I was, I, I, I actively remember sitting in the garden and talking to the spirits in the tree and having a sense that the earth I was lying on was actually holding me and being able to see more than just our reality. I, I, I see with a vision that is the other people would say was distorted, but I, I'm able to decipher it. My mother was afraid of it because she'd been taught to be afraid of it. And even now, the word shaman can come with dysfunction. People's perception of shaman is, oh, gosh, that's a bit dark. Whereas if you come to the understanding that everything is energy in the spiritual realms, there is no good or bad or light or dark. It is all vibration and different frequencies of it. In our human life, our job is to create perception and create unique experience. So an individual perception of a word or a way of being is their own. Yet that is always coloured by their own filter and their own cultural cultural experience and, and learning. It's absolutely fascinating. On your website, I came across this word, um, psychosynthesis. What is that? Psychosynthesis is a form of psychology. It's the psychology that I studied. Now, it was first set up by a guy called Roberto Assagioli, who was the first psychoanalyst in Italy. He was one of Jung's colleagues and a student of Freud. Um, but he disagreed with them to an extent. He had an idea of a human psyche not only being their past experiences, but also having a spiritual existence. So having qualities that they're moving towards. And he talked about the qualities that we are born with become distorted by our external conditioning as we grow in our need for survival. Ultimately, up till seven, our ego is forming because we've got to survive. This is our own only thing, you know, survival, survival, survival. Um, so all of the qualities, beauty, grace, love, all of these things get distorted. And our job as humans, as we go through our lives, is to unravel that distortion to come back to the qualities that we came with. And for me, that was it you know yeah psychology is not a science in this form it's an art because we're artists in our own being in our own experience we'll never ever be able to experience what another does and vice versa our own presence and existence now is completely unique forever universally ever and I think that there is such art in that and such power and such excitement, really, in, in the fact that our own being is success on its own. Mm, Sarah, this is truly fascinating. And you are a shaman. You look super normal. You've got, like, <laughs> you've got a pink sweater on. You've got a scarf on. You, you, know, you, you don't have... Um, leaves and twigs in your hair or, you know, dreadlocks or, I mean, nothing wrong with dreadlocks, but, but I mean, you, you really look like anyone else you'd pass on the street. 
And so it makes me think, wow, there's a lot of, there's probably a lot of these like shamans or monks does interesting, but do you run into people and get uh, readings on them accidentally and then like want to help them? But people need to want to be helped, right? Like, does that happen to you because you, you see stuff all the time or do you have to consciously tap into it? Again, another really very good question that I'm sure lots of people out there will, will enjoy hearing my answer on. Yes, I used to. So energetic mastery, self-mastery and self-knowing means that I am aware of my own triggers, of my own distortions, of my own beliefs, of my own uh, emotional wounds. Now, whenever... I come across somebody that mirrors me, then my own resonance comes in (laughs) and then I have to actually get out of my own way. So any good therapist, anybody that has had proper training and is continuing with their own self-exploration will never bring their own stuff into the party. Now, if I find myself accidentally reading somebody, then I've brought myself into the party mm. and I've brought myself straight back out of it. I choose because I have power in my own energy. I choose all of the time to be just Sarah Negus. And yet when I'm working, then I step into the, 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 the power of the universe, which is everything I can access, you know, and if someone asks me to help them, I, I, I offer private mentoring, then, then I do. But it is not my place to come in and judge them that they need help because they may well be quite happy where they are. And this is something that I, I have apprentice, apprentices as well. Um, this is something I teach my shamanic apprentices is that all you can do, all we can do, is have an intention for our clients' greater good, for the universe's greater good, for the global greater good. We don't know what that is because we're not source, we're not God, we're not the universe. We can only set the intention and then allow our clients to find what that means for them and still hold no judgment of it, yeah? Mm. Ever we go in and say, I know exactly what you need, without being asked, we're judging completely. And that's not holding space authentically in energy. And that's not energetic mastery or personal self-mastery at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Huh. It's, it's, it's so fascinating, Sarah. I have so many questions. Um, We're going to run out of time. And I'm wondering, what... What do you really want to tell us that would maybe help enlighten people or, um, you know, open open their minds to the possibilities or, you know, something? What am I not asking you? I feel like there's something. I know there's a lot of things because I, I'm sure we could talk for hours. And uh, I do find this topic really fascinating. But what do you really want people to know? The main thing that I want people to know is that wherever they are in their life, however they feel about themselves, is perfect and everything is okay and as it should be. Look at yourself in the mirror and be honest with yourself about whether or not it's enough 
because if where you are is not enough, if who you feel you are is not enough, if you want more or if you want to find out who you are, then take a step towards that. Go find someone that you feel will be able to help you and ask for help because you cannot see yourself without a mirror. You cannot define your own emotional wounds that are buried deeply within you without someone to kick back on you. And however you're feeling, know that you are absolutely unique and perfect in your own imperfections. If I can share that and someone listening can take that with them and maybe think, oh gosh, that's made me feel better then that's what I want. Mm, that's beautiful. Thank you. Sarah, how, um, how can people work with you? How can people find you? Um, they can find me on my website, which is www.saranegas.com. Um, they can find me on Facebook. I have a business page there, um, Sarah Negus, and a group called Evolve and Thrive. Um, on my website, you'll find that there's a success consciousness meditation, which is an interesting introduction to this idea that you in your own self by being you are success without having to attach outside of yourself to it that that is a really good beginning because you know it may be that you've got an idea of success being a CEO of a company or running your own business or having a wonderful relationship and perhaps you haven't got those this meditation will show you that you don't need them to feel successful. And if you then take the laws of the universe, in particular the law of vibration, if you're vibrating on a level where you believe you're a success by being you, you're going to be attracting that to you more. There's also a three-day energetic mastery challenge, which will take you through the process of beginning to master your own energy. And mastering your own energy means that you have power over your whole life, everything you feel and think. And it's three days, shamanic journeying, PDFs and information. And it's really powerful um, introduction to me, I think. And then if you like that, I have a mastermind, a success consciousness mastermind, which is a six-month intimate group experience where we explore success for you on every level shamanic journeying lasered private coaching in the group setting and actions you know strategies and actions that I channel and then of course there's private mentoring which is the minimum for three months and that's one-on-one every week via zoom or in person I've had people have people fly in for a day Um, I've just run a retreat in Ibiza and I had one of my lovely clients from Miami fly over to Ibiza just for the fire ceremony. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) Which made me feel super special, (laughs) I have to say. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. Sarah, it was really great talking to you today. I appreciate your time and sharing all of this knowledge and your experience. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to you too. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And thank you everybody for listening. Um, my guest today was Sarah Negus. You can find out more about her work and get links to her website and all the programs that she mentioned and her social media pages on our website, ellenbarton.com. Please check in again next week on this podcast for another episode. 
that is designed to help your business make a dynamic upward pivot. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our eBooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit, inspired actions, real results.